Welcome to the Animal Control Report with your hosts. Well, we have a guest host today. No Ashley Bishop. We got Kelly Tyson. What's going on, Kelly? Uh, Kelly calling from Texas. And if you don't know, you better hello, ask hello. somebody because the humane hello. educators of te- Texas are really everywhere. You should be the humane educators of the United States, in my opinion. <laughs> Thanks for filling in for Bishop and one your day, other host, one day we'll get Daniel there. Ettinger, in case you didn't know. Most people probably do by now, but how does it feel being the guest host, yo? You get to run it. I gave you homework. It's weird. I'm excited, Bishop. though, <laughs> except you gave me homework to do. Well, I'm going to start giving her more homework, too. I think it's exciting to talk about, about this. some of that stuff. But before <laughs> we do, what's going on with the Humane Educators of Texas? I want to hear how things are going. Going good. Staying busy. Um, you know, yep. I was put on the board for TACA um, this last year. So really just diving deep into getting ready for the TACA conference while also doing Humane Educator stuff. And our nonprofit is in the final stages of getting approved through the IRS. So we're getting and, close. And then you also but, have to deal with Tabitha, know, which is a, 47, irons, 47 in the fire. irons in the fire. I mean, we love her. And she would be proud of me because there's a cat on my shoulder right now. Yes. Um, yes. But, you know, that's that's a that's a lot to manage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, speaking of Tabitha, did you um, see my post no, in the Texas ACO right group Tabitha, about what are you eating of dog cookies? Did she make her own dog cookies? Like, what's happening with this? <laughs> no, do you remember the pet oh, yeah. like oh yeah bulk buffet area that had like all the different dog treats? Yeah, she was like, no, I used to go through there Why and I eat the hell out of me? all the cookies. I was like. Tabitha. <laughs> what surprised me mm. was when I made that post, how well, many people are like, oh yeah, those dog treats are delicious. I'm also worried about our profession. Have you been have you been watching speaking of our I'm profession? Worried. I'm worried about have our you profession. been watching the show, the animal control officer show? I don't think it's bad. Like I think it's okay. I it's have funny. I really we enjoyed it. Just watched Thursday's episode last night because no, I was I out of town. And I thought it was yeah. I thought it was funny. And we had uh, Dolores Stubbs from the show. Her real name is Kelly Ogmunson, and she was on uh, our podcast a few episodes ago. So if you missed that, go back and check it out. They talk. She talks a little bit about the process, like how they got to learn how to do animal control stuff. So there's that. You know. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and my husband yeah, and I have been watching it. And similar, to you know, that, him being you a know? police officer, we loved watching Reno Nine One One. Yeah, it's just satire, and I mean, how can you not 100%. laugh at the craziness 100%. of this job, anyways? Okay, so, so I gave you homework. I, like it. I would love to hear. I I just came across this article, and I was like, no yes. fucking way, right? Like, I'm sure you read that, and you were like, no fucking way. Yeah, uh-huh. I read it, and then I was like, okay, wait, he's been charged previously for cruelty, <laughs> and then he's doing it again with a new girl, and then goes on to yep. 
do this, you know. And that's what we, um, that's what we call kind of retaliation for later in the program. So we're not going to read it quite like, yet. It's crazy because we want people. To, you know, you want people to stick around. That's how we do things in the radio world. I'm I'm learning as I yeah. go. Speaking of which, please like, share, rate the podcast down at the bottom. There are some areas there that you can go ahead and. Do the little star review, you know, leave a little comment if you want, but that really helps the show grow and we want to grow for you and make sure that, you know, we're having the content available that people want to listen to. So make sure you do that. Tell your friends, tell a friend to tell a friend. And speaking of friends, we do have a friend of the show we're going to introduce here. Daxton Dye out of Springfield, Missouri, Animal Control. Daxton, thank you so much for waking up early this morning and joining the podcast. Yeah, of course. Uh, kind of a pleasure to be here. It was so fun to meet you. Yo, it's nice person, to see you. And like so I was talking nice to you offline, I almost see got you stuck again. there last night. And I, it'd have been better because we could have probably just done this from your living room, bro. Yeah, yeah. So, Daxton, let our listeners know. Like, I obviously <laughs> met true. you know you. You work out of Springfield, Missouri, doing animal control. How long have you been doing that kind of work? Uh, I did a little bit of animal control at my previous job, uh, working private security. We handled all the animal calls, but, uh, fully involved in animal control. It's been almost a year now for our Springfield and, uh, Green County. That's, we do talk, talk a little about bit of county stuff, not all of it, but some we help them out with. Animal, uh, animal control as a private security person. That's interesting. I've Kelly, have you ever heard anything like that? Um, yeah. Yeah. No. I usually hear it go the other way. <laughs> yeah. Um, my old security job was at um two different hospital campuses. Um and if you've ever been to Springfield, you can see very quickly that even in the middle of the city, we've definitely built stuff uh in animal areas. Um so if we ever had an instance at the hospital um, it would range from we did a rescue of a mama duck with nine ducks, nine little babies who fell in a sewer drain. Um, basically, we just made a hammock to scoop them out. Um, <laughs> a lot of our calls was we don't know who to call, so we're calling the security guys. <laughs> um, we we range from groundhogs. Uh, we have a pond. Um on one of our campuses so we have a lot of geese um they're just kind of a nuisance in their own they would love to guard the hospital buildings and not let people in um we would have to run them off we had groundhogs uh we had coyotes um and basically it was just trying to keep them away and uh more monitoring and working when we had coyotes we were working with you know the department of conservation to get them removed um but we would be the ones, you know, checking all the traps and monitoring where they were going. Um, I mean, really just any animal. We have neighbor neighborhoods surrounding our hospitals, of course, and we'd have lots of dogs loose. They're like, you're um, already going to the hospital. They just so love chasing you, people. How big of a deal is that going to be? Uh, majority of them were never aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, well, you can deal with the guys who work Got there it. now since I've crossed over. 
fully into the animal world. But yeah, I mean, we would do at least one or two animal calls a week. I mean, pretty easy. And we never even had animal training. Uh, we would ask for it because we dealt with it so often, but they were kind of like, it's kind of a back burner of our job to them. So we just yeah, winged uh, so it. So people would go into the hospital. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. You, you got dogs and cars. Kind of before, before you even got into animal control. Oh yeah. That, yeah, uh, summertime here because, you know, living in the Midwest, you could snow one day and be 75 degrees the next. Um, but we we got lots of animals in cars. People would come in from out of town from an appointment or something and just leave their dog in the car. We just handled it the best we could, but it's definitely better to be on the other side with more equipment and actual training. <laughs> Question for you. Have you ever mm -hmm. heard of the Humane Educators of Texas all the way up in Springfield, Missouri. So if it weren't for your podcast, I probably would have never heard of them. But <laughs> uh -huh. You hear that, Kelly? We got to do some advertisement, advertisement on this podcast, girl. I know, I know. <laughs> well, I, I just put in to speak at the Missouri Animal Control Association conference. So I'm waiting to hear back from that. Hopefully I'll get up to Missouri. It'll, and it's actually in Springfield in Daxton's hometown. Sweet. Well, welcome to the wilderness here. It is a crazy place, but it's not bad. You got to go tour their shelter. I know when I was there, that was what, November? December? It was December, wasn't it? Uh, Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, because I brought a Santa Claus toy for all the dogs. I remember that. Um, <laughs> or one of the dogs, I should say. There was talk about yeah. Building a new shelter is—is is there any more conversations about that that you know of, or? Um, it's a very long process. It has been approved by city council actually back in September, um, but we have yet to break ground. Okay. So still pushing for it. They're advertising it on the news, and people are getting excited, but they have not started building it at all. As you know, you've been to our shelter. It is very old. Yeah, you know, old has character, though. That catch pole that you have in the in the room made of wood. And I would guess, like, twine from an old whatever. Like, who knows what the rope's made out of. It could be, like, twine fibers from some sort of animal that's uh, extinct by now. But that's how old it was. <laughs> but it's so cool. Matter of fact, I should post a picture of that. I took one when I was there and it, it it really it really motivated me to hang up my old catch pole that's made of like steel pipe. I bet a lot of people have these steel pipe and then lariat rope that you push through and then you use old uh radiator clamps, you know, the little circle clamps to like clamp everything down. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, it's just some fun of the some of the fun things that we make in our profession that uh, we can use. Talk about the. Are you the one that makes them, or is it Heather that makes the leashes? Because I know you sent me, you guys sent me a leash that you use. But like, I like the homemade stuff in the industry. Yeah. So actually, Heather makes those for everybody because um, they're way more durable than our actual slip leads and dogs. You know, have just chewed right through those after we've caught them and. Yep. As you well as you guys know, once you catch a dog, it's hard to catch them twice. But yeah, yeah. she makes all of those all the time. So we actually have those pretty well in stock, and we 
kind of almost replaced everything else with them. That's awesome. And what kind of you, leashes are they? Uh, they are. I'd have to ask her specifically, but they're very thick. Um, they're like rope, but um, she does zip ties on the ends of them and kind of does like a layer of something over the top of it. Um, and I've never had a dog even like puncture it. It's like very, very thick uh, slip lead, but it has zip ties and like different glues and things like that, that she's put together. And it it's almost as thick as like a lasso. If I had to compare it to something. That's a good comparison. Yeah. It, it has almost like, like a wet, um, I would say like a wax coating, but it's not wax. Like it doesn't stick to your hands in that aspect, but it's like, I don't know, maybe it makes it uncomfortable for a dog to try to bite or something, but they do wear great in that loop. When you make the loop stays really uh, like, you know, really circular, which helps because a lot, if you use like some of the flat leads or the, you know, the other ones, it can make, it can make it hard to get a dog on there because you're always kind of trying to make that loop bigger, et cetera. So. With being in Missouri, since I'm in Texas, I don't really know what the requirements are there. Um, going from private security into animal control, did you have to go through any like major um, trainings or certifications, anything like that, to get ready to be an animal control officer? Um, no. Uh, a lot of our training, and I know COVID kind of destroyed a lot of people's training. Um, but starting the job, we do about a month, month and a half, almost two months, depending on the person. Um, we're more of like dive in with a a more like, I guess, a senior officer. Um, we don't really say that phrase because uh, the way they word it, Kilo is our senior officer, but I just mean it as someone experienced. Um, you kind of just ride in the truck with them and we kind of learn as you go a lot. Um, I mean, we get a big SOP book with all of our ordinances and regulations and things that you can study yourself. But as far as like hands-on training and, and learning, we're kind of like you learn in the field. So you, you so. get a little bit more than just here's your catch pole and your keys and good luck. You get a little guidance. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, a little bit. Um, it was a little harder when we were really short staff. Um, Cause it was kind of wearing on everybody. Cause we do, um, we do eight to five and then we go on emergencies and then we're on call all night. So, uh, when I got hired, we only had about three officers sharing every single standby. So you were on, I mean, you were on call every other night, um, away from your family most times and just waking up all through the night and you still have to go to work the next morning, even if you went out at 3am. So, um, we kind of pushed a little further for that of like trying to get people ready to at least do, you know, um, the more simpler calls, I guess you could say. Sometimes they're not simple when you get there, but um, I, I trained for about three weeks and then was given my keys and kind of like, let's just do it. <laughs> but we're slowing, we're slowing down a little bit and hiring kind of one person at a time. Uh, we're not a very big department. There's about seven or eight of us for the whole city of Springfield and part of the county, which the county is very big, which is part of our problem. Um, what's, what's the population size y'all cover? 
I think Springfield is up to maybe between a hundred and fifty thousand and two hundred thousand, and then we have um, county wise. We pick up a couple small cities that are about maybe 2,000 people. We have about three or four of those in our county. And then we have um, Republic, which is our neighboring county. But they have their own animal control, so we get a little leeway with that. But they're probably about 15,000 now. But they won't do anything outside of city limits. We do all their county stuff. And their Green County is just pretty widespread is the problem. And, you know, being in Missouri this last week, though I was probably about an hour away from you, I, I actually, I tried to go find this running path and then I found the children of the corn, which was unexpected. It was just, <laughs> it's, it's a different world out there, man. Like, first off, there's no Teslas anywhere. It's all like big old trucks and I don't know, man, like raised Jeeps and just rural, rural, rural. I would imagine with that kind of environment, because Springfield itself is actually a pretty cool town. And um, and that has like that, sub, um, not suburban, but has more of that like urban feel. But then you get out into those rural areas, man. Mm -hmm. I would imagine you get some crazy cases out in the out, out in the sticks, as we call them from the Northeast. Yeah, um, that's actually a lot of our problem. It's not really the animals. It's the pe types of people we deal with. We deal with a lot of, I'm going to, I come from a very small town, but those back home people and uh, a lot of them don't like law enforcement to begin with. And they really don't like when you tell them how to treat their animals. Back home people. It's like this, Jackson. I've been having dogs yep. before you was born kid. And you ain't got to tell me about vet care. I got, I got an ACE bandage and some Kool-Aid in the back and this dog won't be fine. I've probably heard that exact conversation on more than one occasion. <laughs> I feel like you're talking about Central Texas, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I had to compare it, it wouldn't be too far off. Oh, that's fantastic. What What's one of your more memorable cases that you can talk about right now, Dax? I have quite a bit. Um, well, I, I could tell you more recently what happened um, two Saturdays ago. I went to, we do home quarantines. They started after COVID for bite dogs. Sure. Um, unless they were very vicious. Um, you know, if they had almost ripped an arm off, we would bring them to the shelter. Sure. Um, but we have strict rules on your bite quarantine. You know, you're kind of basically supposed to take your dog out on a leash, let him go potty and put him right back inside. Um, they need to be like constantly watched. I show up to a house to check on a bite dog just to make sure it's healthy. And there it, it was kind of a lab mix, um, maybe with something bigger like an American bulldog or, or something. Cause he was kind of a big lab. Um, and then a pit bull and they're both just sitting on the porch and nobody's around. And I'm almost like, am I at the right house? Cause these like, you can't have your dogs out. Anyway, we have a leash ordinance and, I'm about to do a bite recheck and I walk about three steps toward the driveway and both of them come at me and, um, full force just right off the bat. And we had just had a huge storm and I slipped in the mud trying to get away oh, no. and fell on my back and they just continued to attack me. Uh, they ripped up my boots from me trying to kick them and, 
finally, a person just ran out and got them after a neighbor had ran over with a gun. Wow. And I was like, please don't shoot because you're just going to shoot my leg off. Like, like you're not going to be able to like the dogs are on top of me at this point. Like, you're not going to you're not going to just shoot them. And a lady came out and got the dogs. And I was like, I need to speak to the owner like right now. And she was like, they're not mine. I'll go get them. And he was just in the house watching TV. And uh, he just didn't care. Didn't care that they had bit somebody already and just let him loose again. Wow. Were you, I mean, what? how bad were, you, were your legs or was it just your clothes and boots? Uh, just my clothes and boots, luckily. Uh, yeah. I think I was moving just quick enough. It was kind of one of those, like, just keep moving. <laughs> Even if you're on your back, just keep moving. Um, so I had some rips on my clothes. My boots were all ripped up. Um, I had a couple holes in my arm from falling on the gravel, but that was about it. Do you have any photos of the mud all over your uniform? Cause I need to see it. If you do. <laughs> I don't actually, I should have took one. Cause... Heather, what are you doing, ma'am? You got to take photos. It's evidence. Sorry. Yeah, I should, <laughs> I should have done that, but, uh, I was kind of just so disappointed in the whole situation. I was like, I just want to leave at this point. Like, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Tomahawk Live Trap has been manufacturing humane animal capture and handling equipment since 1925. They work directly with animal control officers around the world to develop and improve their products so that they're as safe and efficient as possible. Save 10% on your next order by using discount code DCACREPORT. Visit them online at www.livetrap.com or call them at 1-800-272-8727. Well, Dax, that's, that's some cool stuff, man. Like, not that everybody wants to get bit and be in a situation like that, but it's cool that you can work through it and then share to, you know, your experiences with others who may have been in similar situations. Yeah. We, uh, we have a lot going on right now. I mean, we're up to about probably two bites per day, uh, in the last couple of weeks because the weather's warm and now everyone's out. Um, but a lot of our, a lot of our bites stay to our North side of Springfield. And that's kind of our, uh, lower income, uh, poverty. We have a lot of homeless over there. Um, so that's kind of our area where we get the most traffic for sure. I mean, we can run, we're, and this probably won't seem a lot to Texas or, but, uh, we we're up to about 17 to 30 calls per day. That's actually quite a bit regardless of where you're at. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's it's been kind of nonstop, and I mean that's with every officer hitting the road and just trying to do everything we can. But it it just COVID really hit Springfield hard. A lot of people lost their homes. Wow. Uh, we probably work in eviction at least once a week. Wow. I know I asked you this when I was there, but have you found the Simpsons there in Springfield or no? I have not yet. I found some people who could probably be the Simpsons, but uh, I can't blast them. I can't blast them online. <laughs> you that's, know. that's fair, bro. That's fair. Well, let's do this. We're going to, we still got our, our story to talk about and that, that I gave Kelly homework to do, uh, which is really exciting. But before we do that, we're going to jump in and do the pick of the litter. And then we'll kind of get into that story. You you ready to play the game, Daxon? Yeah, let's do it. 
What is your official title? Uh, animal control officer. Okay. I know we just talked about, you know, dog attack, but how many times have you been bitten? I would say at least 10. Wow. 10, wow. Wait, how many? Dogs, how many cats, everything? Yeah. Um, I've, I've been attacked by two cats. Um, <laughs> one was pretty good. <laughs> it wanted to attack me. It didn't want to get out. It wanted to attack me. Uh, two cats. Uh, the rest are all dogs. How many years you've been doing this job? Uh, my year anniversary is technically in May, so not One very year. long. That's yes. we got to get. I got to get out there and and or we got to get Kevin Hurst or even humane educators in Texas to get out there and do some tactical animal handling. Man, we can't have you getting bit ten times, bro. Yeah, uh, actually, a lot of the times that I've been bit have been at the shelter. It's not been in the field. Oh, uh, makes sense. Yeah, I've, I I did what fifteen years in the field. I got bit by one dog. Well, I applaud you. I wish that was my track record. <laughs> I'm also the only some training guy. out there, and hopefully it'll get better. She's but I got bit a lot more as a vet tech in the veterinary clinic. So yeah, I'm also the only guy, and I always seem to get the male aggressive dogs. Next one. What is your spirit animal? Probably this might sound weird to people because they would pick like a lion or something, but uh, I really love groundhogs. <laughs> That's cool. Maybe because we deal with them a lot, but I just I like their vibe. They like to eat everything and then hide in their tunnels, and uh, I would enjoy that life. Do you have problems with rabid groundhogs out there? Um. I don't think we, I mean, we catch a lot of groundhogs. I don't think we've had a rabid one for years. Someone was telling me that was like a problem in Missouri, but that was up towards St. Robert there. So, yeah, I, I mean, they fall in like the low risk category. Yeah. 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 For us, for us, they do. We do a lot of raccoons. That's mm -hmm. where we get a lot of our rabies and bats. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And we had a rabid kitten a couple uh, months ago, but it had gotten a fight with a raccoon and got rabies. There you go. <laughs> and that's how you get rabies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what is your go-to snack, either in your truck or your office? Ooh. We're big on snacks at the office. We have a whole snack closet. Um, I'd probably say cheese puffs, classic. Cheese puff. That's, that's a, yep. That's a good answer. And I'm and dogs that's still a good answer. Wait, do you get the puffs that come in the big clear container that has the a cheese screw ball? The two, yeah, that's different. That's cheese balls. All right, my bad. Yeah, I mean, if you want to catch a dog though, you throw a cheese ball at them. They will, <laughs> they will do it. Jackson, I think you just named this episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, have you adopted any animals that you rescued on duty? Uh, yes, actually. Um, I've actually, in my less than a year, took in two. Um, one did not work out. Um, I have a kind of a maniac pit bull, and it was a lot for her. So I found her a new home. But I actually have a new rescue right now that I have taken. Um I will show you real quick. Oh, she's cute. She says, she's super I want, cute. I want to be on your lap. <laughs> yeah, Dan, she, don't say that out loud. <laughs> she's, 
She's about five months old. Um, very skittish. She came from a cruelty case I helped on. And uh, I thought she would find a home. And she was coming up on her, you know, kind of, we have a time limit at our shelter. We don't keep for more than 50 days. Wow. Um, and I just I couldn't see her departing this world for that. So uh, we're working on her weirdisms. She loves dogs. She just hates people. <laughs> Sounds like I my kind of dog. That. I understand. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She she's been wanting to be in this Zoom meeting the whole time. So here's her moment. What's her name? Uh, Amira. Amira. Okay. That's a great name. Yeah. Okay. Emergency lights or amber lights? Um. I prefer emergency lights because we have a lot of crazy drivers here and we've still had people hit our trucks, even with emergency lights on. Wow. So mm -hmm. in Missouri, are y'all considered first responders? Um, no, actually not at this moment. Okay. So do y'all have like something in your traffic code that allows for those emergency lights? Um, yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell you the code, um, but it's it's we're almost viewed as first responders. But if you look on paper, we're not. So to the public, they don't know any different, and um, they do consider like I had my brake lines cut um, on duty on my truck, Damn. and like they do consider us like government vehicles if they file charges or anything like that. Here in Texas, we have what's called the move over law that people have mm -hmm. to um, either slow down or move over when they're approaching emergency vehicles, uh, but it doesn't apply to animal control vehicles. What? So do y'all have anything similar? Yeah, uh, basically, because we, we basically have the same exact law, um, and we just kind of pray people do move over, um, but it, it's kind of a kind of a gray area. Um, I think a lot of us just people just really don't realize what we do, and we have a lot of major highways, including I-44, and it's built very residential, even though it's a huge highway. And um, it, we've, I mean, we've had a truck totaled on the highway because we were trying to pick up a dog that was hit by a car and someone wasn't paying attention and rammed our truck. We had that. Well, when I say we as a profession in Texas last year, we lost two officers for that same thing. And in all due respect to tow truck drivers in Colorado, the move over law applies to all of us but tow truck drivers included, and they lose uh, more drivers in, you know, pretty much per profession than any other because they're on that side of the road so often. So yeah, that's rough. So next question. Um, are there any state required or department required certifications that you have to have? Um, before the job? No. Um, We've been trying to work on uh, different certifications and kind of a, we kind of have a time frame. Um, like I got my animal cruelty level one uh, investigator within like three months. Um, now that people are starting to do trainings more often, it's it's been a lot easier. Um, but I haven't really been able to do anything since. Um, our department's pretty small and not a whole lot of funding. And so us traveling anywhere is kind of hard. Um, they're not really approving a lot of us traveling, which you kind of got to go to the bigger places to get the 
better certifications and more training, but working on it slowly. There's this great um, company in Texas that I heard of. They do a lot of certifications around not just Texas, but around like anywhere people have them. Though their name has Texas in the title. I'm pretty sure it's called the Humane Educators of Texas. They're out there doing things. And um, I have some things in the in the works, too, to try to offer some certification. So we'll see. There's more and more of this stuff popping up, man. So um, right, keep your eyes open. And we, we travel, Humane Educators, we travel all over the country just like Dan does. So, um, yeah, we're always happy to come there and do stuff with y'all. I would love to see you guys. <laughs> Texas is a whole nother world, so. It's crazy down here. I mean, technically, <laughs> you're in North Texas, Daxon, because Texas is that big, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We uh, we actually, our new girl that we just hired about a month ago is from Texas, and she, it's interesting to see the transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was just looking at how far it would dr- it would take for me to drive like how long it take for me to drive to Springfield from where I am mm-hmm. and it's only like 12 hours and I think six of that is getting out of Texas yes <laughs> but if you've ever been in a car for more than 30 minutes with Tabitha 12 hours feels like an eternity and how many times you have to stop and pee though let's be honest yeah because otherwise <laughs> she'll pee in the car <laughs> hey. she's not housebroken <laughs> Thank God for rest stops. Exactly. We're talking. Wait, and, we're talking about Tabitha. Pack. Just open the door while you're doing sixty, and she'll stick her butt out and handle business. Come on. <laughs> you know, no one would even think nothing about that once you hit the Missouri line. So you're good. <laughs> you get up here. Yeah, probably about the same time we hit Oklahoma too. No one would notice. <laughs> yeah, I highly doubt it. <laughs> okay, so um, what sort of Personal protective equipment do you have? Do you have firearms or OC or? Um, we do have OC and batons. Um, all of us kind of, the baton and OC certification were the same. Uh, none of us carry OC. Um, a couple of us have batons. Um, if they've been certified, I was certified at my old job, so I got one right away. Um, we have a couple officers I got certified probably three months ago and the city still hasn't been able to provide them a baton. Um, wow. So it's, uh, and we have bulletproof vests, but we, uh, we don't carry firearms. Well, it's awesome. Y'all got vests. Yeah. Um, d- crime is so bad here. I mean, I've in, I've had a, I've been have multiple interactions with people with guns, but I've only had one gun pulled on me um so um their kind of go-to is well if you get in a situation call pd and i'm like maybe okay just hope they yeah i hope they get there quick enough because if we're already at that point you know you don't know how much time you have and you better start talking real quick get that verbal judo out yeah i mean everybody in missouri has a gun let's be serious (laughs) (laughs) and if they don't have a gun they have an old piece of wood with some uh little mechanism on it that they can put bullet in there and figure out a way to fire it oh yeah i mean i had a house the other day i went to a bike case and he had a sign in his front yard well you about had 
10 gun signs, but he had a sign in his front yard that said trip hazards with a smiley emoji on it. And I was like, this house is booby trapped. It has to be. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Last question. If you could ride along with anyone, who would it be? Oh, man, that's tough. They could be alive. They could be dead. They could be famous. They could be not. It could be anyone. Our last guest chose Sam Elliott, the actor. So there's that. Yeah. That would be fun. <laughs> um, I This might sound generic, but I'd probably pick, pick my man Dan. I mean, we would just... We would be laughing all day long. <laughs> we would definitely, we would definitely be laughing. I don't know if you'd be laughing at me or we'd just be laughing at life, but we would be laughing. Yeah, I mean, I would have to get around, you know, the vegan food, but I would try for a day. <laughs> hey, Mama Jeans out there got some good food, bro. Yeah, that Mama Jeans actually originated in my hometown. So, oh wow, wow, good stuff. It was a little bitty mom and pop shop on the square. And then the daughter took over after she passed away and expanded it. So where's your hometown then? Uh, Ava. Okay. That's right there in Missouri too. Yeah. It's about uh, an hour, hour and 15 Southwest of Springfield population, like 2,500. Just some sheriffs and some good old boys. Yeah. About two or three sheriffs. <laughs> okay. And about four cops, and that's it. Yeah. Well, thanks for playing the pick of the litter, and we really appreciate that. Also, I think it's time, Kelly, for your homework, and we got to talk about that a little bit. Okay, so what you sent me was an article, a couple articles, about a guy in Connecticut, right? Yep. Sound right? Yeah. Um, that he was charged with animal cruelty after abusing his girlfriend's domestic partner, whoever she was, uh, former roommate, um, abusing her cat. But the thing that I thought was interesting was he had been previously charged with cruelty. Between that first charge and this one, he ran for like local and state government positions yep former fairfield official accused of repeated animal abuse sent threatening texts to cops so this is from new canaan advertiser ncadvertiser.com fairfield a former town official who has repeatedly been charged with animal abuse was arrested again monday after police say he sent them a threatening text message raymond newberger 39 is facing two Animal cruelty cases related to serious injuries inflicted on two cats owned by his girlfriend, court documents show. He was convicted in a third 2018 animal cruelty charge involving the torture of dogs owned by the woman he was to marry, according to court documents. Newberger was arrested again Monday and charged with second-degree threatening and second-degree harassment after he sent several threatening and harassing text messages to law enforcement. Fairfield Police Lieutenant Michael Paris said. Police did not release the content of the messages. Newberger, who served as a member of Fairfield's representative town meetings from 2013 to 17 and ran for state representative in 16, was taken into custody custody at his parents' home 
in Easton, Paris, or in Easton, I'm sorry, Paris said. He was released after posting $5,000 bond and is scheduled to appear in court on March 15th. The Fairfield police remain committed to upholding the law and will not tolerate any threat, including to our law enforcement, said Chief Robert Calamaris. We will hold those responsible to the fullest extent of the law. Newberg's most recent animal cruelty case stems from the beating death of a cat named Jem and the torture of a cat named Pearl, who had been burned by chemicals down to the muscle on her abdomen, an arrest warrant said. These cases are pending as Newberger is free on bond. Newberger was first charged with animal cruelty in 2018 when he faced four counts of first-degree malicious wounding of an animal after police said it injured his then-fiancé's two five-year-old Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, Thor and Charlie. Police say Newberger poured boiling Excuse me. Police say Newberger poured boiling water on Thor and fractured several of his ribs. Burns covered 8 to 10% of Thor's body when his owner sought treatment for them in 2017, according to a warrant for Newberger's arrest. While Newberger claimed the burns had occurred when he accidentally spilled hot coffee, veterinarians determined the injuries were too extensive to have been caused by a spill. And notified authorities, the warrant said. Newberger spent 41 days in jail and was sentenced to two years probation in November of 2018. So both of you, Kelly, you first. What's your take on this? At the, the very end of the second article you sent me where it talked about his how much time he spent in in jail for the 2018, the yeah. two Cavalier King Charles. Yeah. He walked out of the courthouse and was shouting, I'm free before he drove away. Mm. like that right there just strikes me as this dude is not right in the head and he's gonna be a repeat offender and then just you know years later boom he's doing it again but i I, first thing that pops my head is the link oh yeah in the article i sent you too didn't it say something about the threatening text messages to police yeah so he was sending threats to the police that he was going to kill them and Pour chemicals gonna, on them. Yeah, pour chemicals on them too. Yeah. So why and yeah. Daxton, I know you you've been doing this a year now, but that's still a long time to do this job. And why do you think like shouldn't 41 days is not enough? Uh no. Um we actually have a cruelty case we're working right now where the guy would kill cats in a hotel room for fun. Um and one of them actually survived, and we were able to get to it quick enough. Okay. Um, but, and not to go too much in detail, but, I mean, we've had pretty nice weather lately, and we have a cat with frostbite ears mm. and a tail. And you kind of start raising the question of how did a cat get frostbite when it lives in, inside a room in the weather we have not had snow in weeks and cats are pretty resilient so uh but um my big question is i feel like and not trying to judge anybody but i feel like people didn't start taking this guy more seriously until he started threatening people bingo that's my same thought daxton yours kelly yeah so i just got done in missouri teaching the same kind of stuff right and and that's the whole thing is animal crimes just still in 2023, though we we see them differently, they're not taken serious by our communities, right? They're like, eh, 
he burned two dogs intentionally with hot boiling water and fractured some ribs. Um, you know, he's threatening his girlfriend and domestic violence, but you know, we'll just give him 41 days in jail. Where's the mental health evaluation? Where's the treatment? Where's anger management, right? Like those are the elements that, and then like continued monitoring, like this dude probably shouldn't be allowed to have any sort of alcohol or any other, you know, drugs, et cetera. If he's into that type of stuff, like we need to be serious about it. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's frustrating as, as we do our part, uh, the system hasn't caught up in my opinion. Now that's probably not everywhere, but I think of a lot of our listeners would agree. The system hasn't caught up yet. Yeah. I had a, an old coworker whose neighbor poisoned my old coworker's dog. So he was throwing neighbors, throwing antifreeze hot dogs over the fence into the um, ACO's yard, killed the dog. Well, they went after him and they charged him with animal cruelty, but they also charged him with child endangerment. And he got two years in jail for child endangerment Hmm. and just got time served for animal cruelty. Like, come on. His target was the dog. Yeah. And the more that we can do our awareness, I mean, you, you know, I, I joke about you and, and Tabitha just because, you know, we've known each other for a while and I feel like we can joke around, but the work that you're doing is, is super important because you're training the front lines. Right. And that's, what's important. And Daxton, I mean, you being new in this industry and, and just wanting to do a great job and learn as much as you can, hopefully we can educate up, right. We can educate our prosecutors. We can educate the judges, magistrates, right. And and even when you're, you know, doing one of these cases and you're in front of a jury, when they see how professional you are and how serious you take these cases, hopefully we can see those results and that's, what's important. And, and so, you know, I'm just grateful for both of you being here today and, and, and taking the time out to be part of this podcast. Cause that's kind of what this podcast it's available to anybody. So like, you don't have to be an animal control to listen to this. Like if you're just curious about what animal control is and you pop this on and in your truck or your car or at home, whatever. And you're like, Oh wow. I did not know that they deal with this type of stuff. Right. And so, I mean, you sharing your stories today and you know, Kelly, just your expertise means a lot. And so I think for us as a, as a unified group, we have to just keep pushing that envelope and hopefully, because in my opinion, you do that to two dogs, 41 days is not enough. Um, you know, put them in a, like you can put people in like mandated mental health places. Like they can be, it's not jail necessarily, but they can't leave, you know, they yeah. got to stay there and, and do their evaluations and talk, you know, with the counselors, etc. We need to do more of that. Well, with as much, research that's going into the link and connecting people abuse with animal abuse why aren't we seeing more mental health mandates for animal cruelty that's my question is is that does that come down to education of the judicial system or does that come down to well they people just don't believe that it does exist that there is this link i'll say that more so from my experience it comes down to the fact that most of our prosecutors are overworked. And so they look for ways to plead these cases out without having to do much work. And it's no knock on them, but when you look at it, here's how they look at it. Instead of looking at the link being that precursor to this violence, that's going to happen later in life. They're just like, whatever. And I can count, I can sit here and tell you countless cases of minor animal crimes that have turned into greater crimes like murder, right. Or mass shootings, 
right? I literally have plenty of case examples that I go over, but I think what happens is what's, you know, what's on their docket at the moment, they have a murder or they have somebody pouring boiling water over a dog, eh, not realizing that that guy is going to be that murder. Like at some yeah. point he's going to be that murder charge. So if we can find a way to stop it now, I, and I think as we continue to grow and, and, and do what we do professionally and with the show too, is, is having those topics. I'd love to get a, a judge on the show to talk about like their perspective on how they handle animal cases. Yeah. When I was in the field previously, we had a County attorney that was just dedicated to animal crimes. Yes. So even though I worked for a municipality, any cruelty cases, I went to the County for that because we had a dedicated prosecutor in the County that would take those charges. So she did other little things, but primarily her job was to take on any and all cruelty cases. And she would go to all the different jurisdictions and talk to the animal control units, go, hey, this, I'm here for you. Bring me your cases, because the more cases we put in front of the judge, the more real it becomes to the judge that this is a problem. Well, thanks for thanks for sharing that info and in your insight, too. I, I really think it's important for all of us to hear. So, Daxton, you got anything for us before we uh, wrap it up? Um, I guess a quick comment. Uh, we've kind of ran in the same thing here. Um, we have such a high crime rate, uh, people on people that are prosecutors. I mean, they're swamped. Um, we have a newer one that uh, happens to be an animal lover. And I, I'm really excited to see kind of what he does. I think that's a big problem, too, is you get these prosecutors that they want the homicides, they want the murders, all these big cases. Um, but you get people that don't care about animals handling animal cases. And I think that's a big disconnect in some places because um, how, how are you going to prosecute well for something that you don't actually really care about yourself? And uh, I think a lot of people's big opinion is, and, and people can correct me, but I just personally believe it. If it doesn't affect me, it's, it's not that bad. Um, but I've served cruelty cases on a gold platter before and it's went nowhere. I think all of us. Or have. they get, I mean, or they get a couple little tickets that they can pay and then they're done. Um, and I know some people don't believe in the trifecta, but I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer, he was a cat killer. And, you know, no one took him seriously until he had bodies on bodies stacked. And it's like the guy I have right now just killing cats for fun. And, uh, I firmly believe that this case probably won't go a whole lot of anywhere. Um, just because that's how it's went in the past. I hope I'm wrong, but, uh, I mean, I feel like that's just kind of the world we live in. And if you live in a cr high crime area like we do, I mean, animals are at the bottom of the list. They are just kind of pieces of trash to some people. And some people have the opinion that we have too many animals anyway. And it's kind of like, well, that's sad, but you know, it's, it's less animals and you know, we can't have that view on it. Yeah. Instead of looking at it like, Hey, this crime is telling us that more crimes are going to occur. I'll leave y'all with this. So his name is Daniel Dakota Weber. You can Google him, Daniel Dakota Weber. You don't know his name. And the reason you don't know his name is he was making threats to school that he was going to go in and do, you know, like a Columbine type event at his school and so police got a hold of his information 
They got a warrant for his phone. They went through his phone and found out about two weeks prior, maybe three weeks prior, there's videos of him having sex with a dog, right? So your bestiality component is there. Your animal cruelty component is there. Now he's making threats to school. I have to look deeper into it because I'm not sure what happened after those threats, but he then just recently was back in the news and got arrested again because he started a fire. So there's your McDonald triad, Daxton, that you were talking about. So you have your animal cruelty, mm-hmm. now you have your fire, your arson, and then he assaulted a police officer when they arrested him. And so now they'll probably take it more serious, right? Because there's a police officer that was assaulted. But that bestiality crime, it's like, er, pause. Anybody having sex with an animal, we really got to get them looked at. Uh, any animal cruelty, period. But like you're having sex with the animal and then you're making these terroristic threats to your school. Those are all red flags. And so as we continue to move forward, you know, I think the three of us are in agreement. And, and honestly, this is great topic for podcast stuff i mean we could talk for a few more hours about all this uh the reality is we have to figure out ways to educate our you know the the people taking these courts cases to court and then you know prosecuting and then the judges uh getting on board with you know the the appropriate sentencing so i want to thank both of you again check out humane educators of texas.com bishop you're not here good job yeah thank you bishop's not here to try to correct me (laughs) Humane Educators of Texas.com. Check them out. They got some great training going on. Check out our website, Humane Maine. Look at that. We're like a little umbrella. We just keep it humane on this show, as you know. <laughs> uh, the Humane Maine uh, is our website. We got some great stuff there. Please share, rate, like the podcast. Also, go to our social media pages. Got some cool stuff for sale. We got some Chrome catch pole keychains. We got some little truck keychains. Got some. Uh, Little hangly, dangly um, car fresheners coming really soon. So check those out, air fresheners in the car. And uh, as always, we like to say thanks for listening. And keep it humane. Yeah.